you are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Coming up on today's show, we're going to break down some of the upsets that wrapped up the weekend here in the Big Ten. Northwestern beats Indiana. Maryland beats Ohio State. We'll get into both of those games and later on talk to Zach Seiko from Locked On Nittany Lions. We're going to get into the start of the Penn State basketball season with him as they are right on the NCAA tournament bubble at the start of Big Ten play. And also, even though it's a little bit after the fact, Got to get his thoughts on the big Penn State win in the Rose Bowl, of course, too. That's coming up here on Locked On Big Ten. But before we get into any of it, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's locked on or LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's dive into these basketball games because we had a couple of really good matchups and in really dramatic ways, especially, of course, the Indiana loss to Northwestern, 84 to 83, the final. Indiana actually hits a like three-quarter court buzzer beater to make it just a one-point loss. So it wasn't quite down to the very last second. But Indiana goes down big in this game, comes back, and ends up falling just short at home. Indiana in this matchup, first off, the defense, again, just hasn't been there for Indiana this season. Maryland gets 41 and 43 points in the two halves. This just is not the same kind of intensely defensive team that we've gotten used to seeing from Indiana over the course of the last season. I think we just have to kind of start accepting that, yes, for some reason, the talent is still there, but that defense is not quite up to what it was before. I'm not sure what that means. I feel like it's something that can get fixed, but I'm not seeing it getting fixed just yet. Both teams shot pretty well from the field in this game. Maryland, Indiana, they did well. They both hit 80 points in regulation, which is indicative of that. But the main point is there wasn't a big discrepancy as far as somebody shooting the lights out of the gym and just taking this game over here. So what was it that decided things? In a one-point game that was really a four-point game at the end, but one that Northwestern led for most of, What was it that made the difference for the Wildcats? A couple of different things. First off, free throws. 28 to 14 free throw attempts in favor of Northwestern. That's just not good. Also on turnovers, 16 to 7 in favor of Northwestern too, which means not only that Northwestern is turning Indiana over and Indiana is giving up the ball some, but also Indiana isn't getting turnovers. Again, That defense isn't just quite what it was. Only seven takeaways in the 40 minutes of play for Indiana, or I should say seven turnovers for Northwestern. Those all weren't necessarily even takeaways from Indiana, of course. The point being, Northwestern got its offense settled in, was able to work with what it was doing, and did a really good job. 
Boo Booey was outstanding. The team as a whole was all really, really good. And it was good enough to overcome what was two outstanding nights from Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hood Shafino. And that's where I'm probably most concerned right now if I'm an Indiana fan. Because my hopes had been that, hey, Trace Jackson Davis is a star. Let's get somebody else to be a star around him. And then even if everybody else isn't really doing what they should be in the supplemental roles, those two guys are going to be enough to win us some basketball games. Trace Jackson Davis was great. Jalen Hood-Chafino was great. Trace Jackson Davis missed quite a few shots, but that's not really enough of a thing to worry about right now. The point being, even with those two being outstanding, it wasn't enough to beat Northwestern. And to be fair, Northwestern's a team that got top 25 votes and is getting top 25 votes now. So it's not like it's a disrespectful loss here. But these two losses that Indiana has against Iowa and Northwestern, these aren't the teams that you're trying to lose to if you're trying to compete in the Big Ten. Indiana's trying to compete in the Big Ten. It can take a loss to Purdue. It can take a loss to an Ohio State, maybe, or whoever else is going to emerge as the next best team in the Big Ten. But I don't know if those two teams are the ones that Indiana is looking at and saying, oh, those are the ones that we need to make sure we can get by if we want to get to where we want to be. No, no, no. Indiana had national championship aspirations going into the season. The Northwesterns and Iowas of the world are not the teams that they're supposed to be worried about. It's the Big Ten, and losses are going to happen, and losses to teams that you're better than are going to happen. But with the way Indiana has lost these last couple of games, I'm worried about if they're actually that good. The talent is there, no doubt. But I don't know if they're going to be able to put it together. In the other matchup, Ohio State falls to Maryland. Final score, 80-73 to in that game. Maryland scores 46 points down the stretch in the second half to beat the Buckeyes. This game was another one that was a little bit weird with how the numbers played out. Maryland got a big advantage at the free throw line to 33 to 19. The fouls were big in Maryland's favor, 28 to 17, which of course leads to more free throws. Rebounding, another big deficit, 39 to 26 in favor of the Terrapins. Not one I saw coming, a kind of discrepancy like that in this game. But even as Maryland was starting to... Uh, pull away and close things out at the end of this game. I realized that I had been thinking for most of it as I was trying to figure out, all right, what am I going to say about this upset? I don't really know who the better team is here, or at least even who I think the better team is here. And that's something I think is a little bit unique to this Big Ten basketball season, because these are two teams, Ohio State and Maryland, that are going to be somewhere in that middle of the pack range in the Big Ten where you can get from like three to four to like nine or 10th in the conference, it's kind of really, really packed in and can be really packed into just a couple of games in the Big Ten standings. So I'm not saying this is like who you think is going to end up higher in the standings at the end or who you think is even going to win an individual game. Because I think we're all smart enough to know that in the Big Ten, you can't predict that on an individual nightly basis. But I feel like by now, I usually at least have a better idea of who I think at least is the better team. 
again, I can't predict games and tell you who's going to win what, but as far as like what I think about a team, I feel like at this point in the season, I at least have a little bit of a better feel for, all right, Ohio State's better than Maryland. Ohio State should beat Maryland. Even if they don't beat Maryland on the road, that's one thing. But I think Ohio State's the more talented team. And if I had to lean one way, I think I probably would say Ohio State's the more talented team right now. But I'm not as sure as I feel like I would be going into the third week, second week in January in a Big Ten basketball season here. You had the non-conference. You've had the chance to look at everybody. But I think there's still just a lot of question marks around here. A lot of question marks about who's going to step up when. And of course, the Big Ten schedule will answer those questions very, very quickly. But as Maryland beats Ohio State and creeps up higher in the top 25 polls too, we have, with opportunity here, a look at what we can expect and who's going to end up where. Because that's the beauty of this conference is that as much as we do the speculation and we talk about who we think is better, it is not only just a matter of the one game here, it can really be that one game changing where you end up from, let's say again, fourth place all the way down to ninth or 10th in the Big Ten. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, it makes us love, of course, following Big Ten basketball. And we're not done with Big Ten basketball yet. We're going to talk to Zach Seiko here in just a minute from Locked On Nittany Lions. His team's fresh off a loss against Purdue. But we're going to get into the conversation about where the Nittany Lions are at on the hardwood as his team sits right on the NCAA tournament bubble as we get into the middle of January. Also going to talk to Zach for a little bit about the Rose Bowl, too. Haven't gotten his thoughts on it. It's been a little bit of time, but of course, the big second half that Penn State had to win it. Got to pick his brain on that one. That's coming up here on Locked On Big Ten as we continue along with the program. But before we do any of that, a reminder that LinkedIn Jobs is the place to go to post your job, not only for all the people to see, but for free with our help here at Locked On. If you're a new hiring manager or with a small business at the start of 2023, then you may have a new open position trying to expand the business and get more people in working. You can do it with LinkedIn Jobs to make sure that you find the best candidate for your open position. All you have to do is head on over to linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free right now. You can find the best candidate to start the new year off on the right foot with your small business. It's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, you're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Zach Seiko from Locked On Nittany Lions joins us here now to discuss the Rose Bowl, some Penn State basketball, just everything going on. A meeting long in the making as we've been trying to make this work out over the last week here since Penn State won that big game in Pasadena. Zach, thanks again for joining us here for a couple of minutes. Let's start by talking about that second half. Penn State goes in tied, ends up big winners. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit weird now to talk about X's and O's a week after, but just real quickly recap for us what you thought won that game for the Nittany Lions. Pass rush, pressure. Uh, Penn State had five of its six sacks come in uh, in the second half against Utah and its backup quarterback. Uh, that was the second factor going forward is that Cam Rising did not play 
in the majority of the second half. And I feel like we missed out on a better Rose Bowl in general. That's just me being a college football fan. And I've actually gotten some flack and seems like I picked up some controversy by my comments saying, like, look, the Rose Bowl would have been better had Cam Rising played. Like, he, he did a good enough job to at least may, uh, maintain Utah's competitiveness in, in some sort of sense. I think Penn State was always going to win at the end of the day. It was just a matter of how much. Uh, so I'm disappointed we didn't get to see a closer game. And I just I just don't like watching Penn State. You know, Penn State winning is always a great day. But when when you beat up on JV players, you know, beating Akron or somebody like that, beating Central Michigan is not the same thing as beating Maryland or or Utah, obviously. But beating Utah's backups uh, just didn't have the same feeling for me. But uh, the pass rush did that. Uh, Penn State's offense, the ground game really got going. And Sean Clifford had a perfect day. I think the something that might get lost in all of this is that Sean Clifford played the best game of, of arguably his career. Uh, and and the deep ball was a struggle. He he somehow managed to fix that over the course of a month. Um, and, and Utah secondary really missed Clark Phillips the third. So kind of all those things combined together. Uh, Sean Clifford playing flawlessly. The ground game being able to at least provide a stable, you know, a stable foundation for Penn State, and then the pass rush just coming alive in the second half. Well, the next logical step as far as progression for the program would to beat either Michigan or Ohio State. Penn State won every other game it played this season. Uh, that's a little bit of a tall task, though, Zach. What are the building blocks that end up making that a reality if you're trying to get there in the next couple of seasons here? Well, in 2024-25, we know that it's going to be 12 teams, so the window opens for everybody uh, rather than getting into the small four-team window. Uh, if you ask me, uh, right now at this time, you know, we're starting off 2023, I think Penn State can make uh, the college football playoff in the next season, not the 12-team. I'm talking still the four-team uh, coming up in this 2023-24 season. Uh, I think all the building blocks are there. You get back guy, two guys in the backfield that can be Heisman contenders, realistically, Singleton more so than Katron Allen, but both of them. Um, Drew Aller is supposed to be kind of the saving grace for Penn State at the quarterback position. Like, oh, he's he's the next piece. I hope so. I hope his development's gone well enough. Uh, James Franklin compared it because he coached for the Packers, uh, for some people that don't know that. He coached when Brett Favre was handing the baton to Aaron Rodgers and said that Sean Clifford and Drew Aller kind of reminded him that of that in some sort of sense. So uh, no, Drew Aller isn't Aaron Rodgers tomorrow, but I, I think there was that process of like, hey, let's develop the young guy and get him in a situation where he can be most successful. He has that with an offensive line. He has that with Singleton and Allen in the backfield. And then Manny Diaz, year two, all those guys that are coming back, they are now in that system. They're ready to take over. And I think the defense can be even better than what it was this past season. Exciting stuff coming up for Penn State in, again, that 14 playoff year. And then, of course, especially when they expand more and get a really, really good shot at making the playoffs on years where they can do well what they did this season. But it's basketball season now. Zach Zaco with us from Locked On Nittany Lions. We talked preseason with you, Zach, about this Nittany Lion team, the veteran experience behind it. And it's proven to be pretty helpful in the early parts of this year. We've uh, right now, it's just we talk coming off of a loss against Purdue here tonight, but Penn State's still right there on the bubble of the NCAA tournament. Where do you think this team needs to get better to make that push? 
Yeah, Penn State is, and I think I said this this the exact same sentence the last time we talked, Nate, about Penn State men's basketball. They live by the three. They truly die by the three. Um, when they are ice cold shooting, when they're in the low 30s, mid 30s, they're not going to get it done. Uh, it, it feels like when Andrew Funk particularly has a bad game, Penn State as a team has a bad game. When he has a good to great game, Penn State has a good to great game. It seems like he's really the true X factor, um, but they're going to continue to get burned in the front court. They really have no response for that. Uh, Zach Eady is a mountain of a man. I, I totally get that. You know, he had 30 points. He was efficient from, you know, a field goal percentage standpoint uh, and Penn State got out rebounded, but you didn't see that against Michigan so much. You didn't see Hunter Dickinson have an all world performance. He was good. He was tough to stop. He just, he got his, uh, I felt like Zach Eady feasted and, and that was, was a little disappointing given that Dickinson was a little bit held in check. He was slightly limited and Eady goes off for 30. And he's basically unguardable, unstoppable, whatever you want to call it. But Penn State could have easily won this game had they knocked down some more shots. I mean, they were winning at the end of the first half and Purdue made the necessary adjustments. So that concerns me a little bit. Uh, I feel like Penn State can still beat anybody, but that's only if they're going to come and shoot 50% plus in a game because uh, they definitely have their weaknesses. But I think they can beat anybody when they're hot. But they can also lose to anybody when they're ice cold. Is there another option, whether or not Penn State's going to it or not? If the three isn't falling, do you think there is another option, another thing that they could try to go to to get some production on offense? They're trying. Uh, they, this is just their – it's where they are with other assets that they have. They Micah Shrewsbury uh, built through the transfer portal because he came in and he couldn't build a recruiting class his first year uh, and, and work with the players that he has. What I love the most about Micah Shrewsbury is that he builds his system around his current group of talent. So right now that talent is Jalen Pickett, who's averaging, you know, I think over 25 points a game, at least as of late. Um, he's almost getting triple doubles night in, night out. Like he's your focal point. You have that all around guy like a Luka Doncic to the, Don uh, to the Dallas Mavericks, where he's your go-to guy. He's your everything. He does it all. And then you have some complimentary pieces. You're just not getting enough out of those complimentary pieces. You need Andrew Funk to give you 10 to 15. You need Seth Lundy to maybe give you 20 some nights. And that's just been scaled back. Seth Lundy's giving you 10 to 15 and Andrew Funk's giving you, well, just this past game three and uh, in other nights, you know, about five to 10. So that's not going to cut it. If Jalen Pickett's going to continue to have these performances, you need those complimentary pieces to step up. I think if somebody can really change the dynamic of the offense, it's Keba Jai. And Keba Jai is just showing his inexperience. He's young. The Big Ten is a big boy league. It's full of bigger players. You're going to see giant front courts. And Keba Jai is the biggest player they have standing at six foot 11. But he, he's showing just how small he is in terms of stature right now, just given that he's a true freshman. Uh, I think by the end of the season, if he comes around, if he starts to get a little better and Penn State's trying to they're trying to do that for him. They're trying to get him minutes that progressively build him up. But as of right now, he's just kind of still far behind the eight ball at this point in time. From now, or from back when we talked to now here as we've started the season, Zach, when you talk, when you talked to us last time, it was, hey, let's make the tournament. Let's prove some of the doubters wrong who pick us at the bottom of the Big Ten. On their way to doing that, our expectations changed at all? Do you feel like this team's any better or worse than at the beginning of the season? 
they're kind of about where I thought they'd be, you know, losing the teams like Michigan and Purdue. They're just not good matchups. Uh, they have Indiana coming up. I don't think that uh, they're going to get a win against Indiana either, but look what they did to Illinois. They, they beat the lights out of Illinois at Illinois. Uh, so like I said, this is a team that truly can beat some of the better teams in all of college basketball. But I also worry about that loss. That's going to come back to bite them where it's like, man, they, <laughs> I think that's the Michigan State game at this point in time because they should have beat that team. They were expected to beat that team, and they lost to them at home. So we've seen it happen, but I think they can come around, and they can beat a team like Purdue if they meet them again. Again, look at the first half. It's there. I just don't think the necessary adjustments were made in the second half at the Palestra. Um, but uh, I don't want to see them play against bigger teams. That's obviously their weakness, their kryptonite. That's no secret. Um, but when they play some more balanced teams, got, uh, teams that fit more of Penn State's mold, they play fast, they like to shoot. I feel like Penn State can outshoot those other teams. Um, they just got to find a way to pick up the pace against bigger teams. And because they were trying to do that, I saw Jalen Pickett throughout the night kind of saying like, hey, let's push, let's push. Zach Eady's back there. He's tired. Uh, but it, it didn't It didn't ultimately result in a win. Zach Seiko with Locked On Nittany Lions joining us here on Locked On Big Ten. Nittany Lions at some points at least definitely showing that they are talented enough to be an NCAA tournament team. We'll see if they end up building up the resume to actually make it by March. Zach, thanks again for joining us here. We'll talk to you again at some point before then, I know. And of course, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions if you haven't already, wherever you're getting your podcasts. We'll talk to you soon, Zach. Hey, thanks for having me on, Nate. It's always great to talk with you. Thanks again to Zach Seiko for joining us here on the program for a moment. Before we wrap up things on Locked On Big Ten today, wanted to, of course, get you a reminder that Bet Online is the place to go for all of your online sports betting needs. They've got all the latest lines, odds, props on every game imaginable. If you want to get following Big Ten basketball on a deeper level, of course, and, of course, we have NFL playoffs coming up. The NBA and NHL are in full swing. It's one of the best times on the sports calendar as far as how busy we are. And you can get in on the action at Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Let's wrap up with news from around the Big Ten quickly here as we finish the show. On AP polls this week, new ones out. Purdue is number three. Wisconsin's number 18. That's it for the Big Ten. But while there is only two teams representing the top 25, eight Big Ten teams receiving votes. They are, in order of most to least received votes, Indiana, kicked out from last week, Michigan State, Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, and Ohio State, kicked out from last week. So a whole bunch of Big Ten teams on the list, just not cracking the top 25 yet. We're used to things like that this season. As far as Big Ten accolades, Zach Eady named Big Ten Player of the Week for the fourth time this season already. And also, Jalen Hood-Shafino, he's the freshman of the week. We already talked about his 33-point performance for Indiana against Northwestern. On the women's side, Taylor Mickisell of Ohio State has been named Big Ten Women's Basketball Player of the Week. Rutgers' Kayleen Smickley has been named the Freshman of the Week. On the mats, gymnasts that is not wrestling we have matt cormier of penn state the gymnast of the week on the men's side and landon blixt of michigan freshman of the week blake Corum, speaking of michigan he wraps up our big 10 news in a big way he's coming back for a senior season with michigan gonna try and run it back 
get Ohio State for a third time, get Michigan back to the college football playoff, and I'm sure he's thinking national championship too. It's going to be a big get for the Michigan offense with him back next season. We're, of course, going to have to get into that more at some point here on Locked On Big Ten. You'll have to wait for another episode, though. That's all for our show today. I'm Nate Dickinson. We'll be back here with more tomorrow on everything that goes on on the Big Ten schedule. Nothing on the Big Ten calendar today other than wrestling. Maryland against Indiana on the mats is the only matchup in Big Ten sports this Monday. You can watch it on Big Ten Plus if you're a subscriber. Be sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten One Zero, not T E N when you're typing it out. And I'm at Nate with Sports. Nate Dickinson with Locked On.